Welcome to the CSRG Podcast. I'm Keanu. And I'm Chris. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about what goes into good stage design. Uh, this is going to be in the, uh, I guess, the perspective of actually designing stages and actually shooting stages. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about today is basic stage design rules. But I'm really going to let Keanu kind of kick this portion off because I really don't know the rules very well of actually designing a stage. Okay, right. So USPSA, I think in section two, they have a whole bunch of rules on target presentations and uh, stuff like that. And then in the appendix or in the appendices, they have um, they have diagrams of what you can do with IPSC targets and USPSA targets. Um, but at the very basic level, I just want to focus on section 1.2, which talks about like the very, very most basic stage design, which is like, you know, it talks about a short course, which is anywhere, for, which is, you know, up to 12 rounds um, in, a, in a stage and a medium course, which is up to 20 and a long course, which is up to 32. Um, I, I think the short course is two shooting positions at most, medium is three, and then I don't think long courses have a limit, but that's uh, that's not usually something I consider when I'm doing my stages. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, what what a lot of people don't get, and it re- it really surprises me is, it, it's it's the fact that in one point two it says that you can't have more than eight scoring hits from a single position or viewing area or required. Yeah. So uh-huh. you can have multiple positions or you can have multiple targets present that exceeds eight scoring hits in a single viewing position. But as long as a target, or or you know, at least as long as some targets become available in a different position, that that would make it a legal stage. As long as that other position would not exceed eight either. So there are only two positions, and each one and one requires, uh, let's say five, and the other would require five for you to complete the stage. Right? That wouldn't be legal. Wait, it wouldn't be legal if it's five and five? Five, five targets, Oh, five sorry. targets, okay. Not, uh-huh. not five scoring hits. Yeah, yeah. Five targets, and assuming two per paper, right? Yeah, and th- that's really for, you know, I guess, equity amongst all the divisions, right? Between low cap and high cap. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a pretty big remnant, though, from, uh, from, from the early USPSA era, uh-huh. when most people were competing still with 1911s, and especially, and it was further reinforced by the 1994 assault weapons ban when we only had 10 round magazines uh, so I, I think if we had if 1911s weren't so prevalent back then and we used stuff like high powers or the high cap smith and wessons more often um, I, I think this might be a little bit different there might be a little bit more play in this rule but you know I, I think as far as it goes right now it's fine but like it, it definitely adds a a different perspective in designing stages not that it's a bad thing. It's it's good to have some structure when you're designing a stage with certain things you can and can't do, because if you're just gonna put up a bunch of targets and just you know just tell people to shoot from one position or whatever, and it's like 32 rounds, you know, it's that's not a good stage. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very static. You know, you're not doing much other than reloading in one shooting position. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so I, I think the eight rounds is or the eight scoring hits is a pretty good rule to have. I think Ipsic does six. Really? Yeah. So, so is there a lot a of revolver more... major shooters, or is there a equivalent of you know a six round division? I don't. Th- well, there is revolver. I don't know if a lot of people shoot it in general, though. Yeah. But I think their their rule is six. But I mean, that's that's outside of our purview. 
Yeah, and you know, I think another thing though, right, is even though there's, you know, you can have no more than eight scoring hits from a single position slash viewing area, that doesn't mean you can't have, you know, five targets worth with ten scoring hits with one target visible from another position. That's right? what I was talking about. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So as long as which we'll get to that later, but I think providing options, so if you have a few positions where there are more than eight scoring hits available, it's not necessarily a bad thing as long as you can you allow flexibility of shooters in terms of division, in terms of stage planning, shooting style, you know, um, stuff like that. Like, I, I think those are very, very good things, and I think allowing that flexibility is good. Because if you can only require, if it's four, if it's, you know, eight mandatory hits or eight scoring hits from a single position, no more, and it's it doesn't matter whether, you know, some of those, some of the excess hits are going to be available from another position. If it's just, you know, eight, 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 that's not a good stage, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then, you know, it also doesn't show the dynamic nature of what it's like to shoot different divisions, right? I mean, then all of a sudden... At that point, there's no differentiation, right? You have... Because really in movement, you, you know, you and I are high-cap shooters, but we've been playing around production. There's really not a big difference in, in stage time if you plan the stages right. Yeah. Like, you'll have um, maybe a couple seconds. That's just from reloads and having to play, you know, and work with your sights a little bit more. Yeah, but, and, and like, you know, I, I pretty much guarantee at some point, you know, especially if there's MDs who are... Um, low cap shooters, you will find some stages where, you know, your high cap shooters don't have an advantage at all when you look at the overall times. Um, yeah. And you know, it's it's sometimes just the way that the the course is designed, which is you know a good and bad thing. You know, when well, it comes down to it. Well, dude, I don't even know if it's a good thing. So, the way I see those stages, if if you're not having a big difference in division, um, like if open and limited shooters and PCC aren't crushing the top 20% of the match. Mm-hmm outside of a few really good, like, you know, production or single-stack shooters. Um, like, I'm talking, like, GM-level t- uh, to M-level production shooters and yeah. single-stack shooters compared to, you know, A-class product, A-class limited and open shooters, right? So it's a, it's a big skill difference. I think if you're not having a big skill difference or difference in time and performance in general from the equipment benefits, I really don't think it's a good stage design. I think it's lazy. Right? Uh-huh. So... I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean that, that makes sense, right? Um, and But, you know, that's also one of the difficulties of being a match director, right? Is to find, you know, the perfect balance of what's dynamic and fun for all divisions, but at the same time, you know, maximizing your space. But also, you know, a lot, a lot of matches have issues with staff setting up, right? Not, not having enough people or the manpower to set up matches, right? Yep, yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's I guess, a balancing act can, in the right? end. Yeah. You know, especially with shooting, you know, running the match at the nest. You guys don't have the biggest bays, right? And so you're yeah. kind of... But I will tell you, setup crew is in abundance, so I haven't had a shortage of um, people for setup. Thank God. Um, yeah. yeah, but I think like that definitely adds um, space, space, time, effort. Mm-hmm. You know how much you know how much manpower you have. That's definitely a concern when you're setting up stages. But I don't necessarily think a good stage has to be hard to set up either. That's I've true, definitely yeah. done stages where you know I've spent 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes just tweaking them, making them just right mm-hmm. um, because they get so convoluted when I set them up. But you know, recently I've been trying to do challenging stages, um, you know, with a lot of throttle control and stuff like that. But I try and make them easy to set up. Yeah, and right? you know, especially you know the way that Keanu runs his matches is we've got two bays, um, and he has to run four stages out of those two bays. So Trying to find, a, I guess, the right way to set up a stage where you can also incorporate two different stages within a single bay with, you know, one setup. Yeah, I, I can talk about too. how I do that later mm-hmm. um, when we actually get to stages. 
Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, one, one big rule change we had this year, right, was uh, the visible target or the visible A zone this year. So what exactly did they change? So I think it went from 50% of the... Um, so the rule used to be 100% of the upper A zone or 50% of the lower A zone, which for for, for the USPSA target. For okay, the target, it's 25% of the A zone. So I think to kind of, um, like less in the difference between an IPSC target presentation and USPSA target presentation, they change it to 25% of the lower A zone on a USPSA target, which I think is good. Um, I mean, for <laughs> if you're good at shooting. The size, yeah. the size of the lower A zone on a USPSA target uh-huh. is gargantuan. It is pretty big, especially because it's not that weird, you know, diag- or was it the, almost it's, like a it's, diamond it's, it's pentagon a, shape yeah. or... You know, whatever it it's, is, it's a uh, it's a big rectangle. Hexagon, isn't it? Is it? Oh. Is hexagon six? I don't know. What, whatever, po- you know, gone. Polygon whatever, gone. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know that definitely makes the presentation a lot harder, right? Because square, there's a lot more room for error with it. But you know, if you're aiming at the upper A zone or an IPSC target, yeah, you have way less forgiveness going, you know, from the windage perspective, mm-hmm. you know, left to yeah. right. Than I, I, I think USPSA on the IPSC target. target, you have about in terms of vertical. If you're talking about from the top of the IPSC alpha, you have about four and a half inches of alpha available for for it to meet the 25% minimum. For the USPSA target, it's a five. It's an 11 inch target. So, what's the math on that? Did it's it's more than. I think it's it might be more. You know, it's definitely you know either way more. like yeah. it's may, maybe not in in height. But in width, I think it yeah. makes up for it. And, you know, for most shooters, right, it's not exactly the elevation difference between shots. It's usually, you know, what your sight picture looks like going from left to right. Yeah, going up and down is easy. It's the it's like the it's the light difference between the sights and all that stuff. Yeah, and so definitely IPSC targets yeah. is much more punishing, especially when you're doing obscured targets. Especially shooting minor, I think. Yeah, um, but, you know, and then, you know, a lot of people, I feel like, are shy to talk about range malfunctions. Um, you know, it it could be punishing calling your calling a range malfunction while you're shooting, and not having you know a good call. Um, you know, are there any examples? I guess the simplest ones for range malfunctions where you know if you do run into it, you know you should probably call it. Yeah. The so match. there are two off the top of my head. Um, the most common ones, at least. Plates. So the reason I don't like plates, and the reason a lot of shooters don't like plates, and the reason why I don't see them at major matches generally. It's because plates are very prone to range equipment failure. As many of you know, that means a reshoot. Yeah. I, for one, don't like reshooting stages. That messes with me. Um, So the issue with plates is, since a lot of them are on sticks, they can, if you hit the stick or if you hit the base, the rules say if, like, you have to reshoot it. And a lot of, um, because it's an equipment malfunction. So pretty much if the plate falls by hitting the stand or If the, the plate stick. falls by hitting anything but the plate, it's a range equipment malfunction, uh-huh. yeah. And then there's also the issue of if you hit the plate and the plate doesn't fall, and I've seen this a lot, um, where plates can get tilted, at, especially if you're kind of shooting at an angle. Um, it doesn't fall. If it doesn't fall, it's an REF, so you have to reshoot the stage again. So there, there are just a lot of issues with them. I've seen a lot of clubs starting to use you know, like the, the two by two posts or the mm-hmm. four by fours and then drilling into them and then mounting the plate on there. And that's, that's a lot better than 
the regular plate on a stick. Gotcha. And you know, when we talk about the popper, or I guess the plates, um, when you mean by you know skimming it or turning it, right? So that's essentially when you hit the edge of the target, it almost spins out, and then you know. But it doesn't fall off. Yeah. So you you know you get an audible hit and a visible hit, but the plate doesn't fall. That'd be considered a range malfunction. Yes. So gotcha. if if the bullet hits the plate and the plate doesn't fall, it's also a malfunction. Uh huh. So the only way for it not to be a malfunction is is if you hit it and it falls. That's gotcha. the only way. Um, and for for activate, and then the other one would be activators. Mm-hmm. Activators are really well designed. Activators shouldn't be an issue, but the issue is, especially at level ones, it's less of an issue at level two since you have the staff resetting and they know what they're doing. When you ha- at level ones, when everyone's resetting the stage, um, and everyone's resetting the activators, there's going to be there can and there usually will be a lot of variation in how that one particular person sets up that um sorry i just burped the chicken gross very um, good chicken by the way yeah it's very good uh, in in how the activator gets set up whether yeah. well, even if it's something as simple as a stomp box uh-huh. or a popper i think the stomp boxes generally tend to be more prone to issues because um they're supposed to go off pretty easily just by hitting uh-huh. them good thing i weigh a lot <laughs> <laughs> A very positive activation. Uh-huh. Um, the poppers have been okay sometimes, but you know, even even if it's like a stick holding up a swinger, pre- preventing it from pre- presenting, just having the stick upside down or facing it the wrong way can have a lot of issues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does make sense, and you know, this this is one of the things, especially you know, if you have activators at a club. Or you know, you know, drop turners and whatnot. You know, just having somebody more experienced to set them up. Yeah, that's so, really something clubs have to be and matches have to be really diligent about. Yeah, and that that's also what keeps the match flowing better. Um, did you want to? Uh, was there anything else on that in, um, in terms of res for stage design? Probably not, because usually, like, like you said, that's probably the most frequent. I mean, there. Yeah. I don't think I've seen anything where like walls are falling down on people or anything. Um, but you uh, know. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yet. <laughs> but but I do feel like you know, especially things with like plates, where the rule is somewhat obscure for most people, right? Um, well, it's know. not obscure. I think a lot of people just don't. It's it's outright simple. The issue is a lot of people don't know them. They, they treat them the same way as poppers. And for poppers, if it doesn't fall, you can call calibration. But but if it doesn't calibrate, then then you, you lose zero the stage, right? No, you you, lose, you get the mic on the popper. You don't zero the stage. But, but what if you what if you call calibration on the spot? Aren't they supposed to stop you? No, you you calibrate after you shoot the stage. So you can call calibration after you're done shooting. Yeah, you do not stop a stage. Okay. I mean, Uh, you can, but then you'll definitely zero the stage. Yeah. But you're supposed to call calibration, um, you know, when you finish the stage. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know, because I always thought, you know, when you hit that plate, you're supposed to call calibration. I shouldn't have told you that. Now that... (laughs) Darn it. Yeah, no, but but that's right. So, you know, this is, you know, the, the simple rules about, you know, stage design and how... You know the range is supposed to function. I think is important, and it's a lot of things that we don't really talk about as competitors, because you know a lot of us aren't necessarily involved in the setting up of matches or doing the match director thing. Yeah, and a lot of people aren't ROs either, so they don't necessarily yeah. know the rules. And so you know so, we we know the basic rules of you know don't break 180, you know no running with your fingers. In terms of safety, yep. yeah. Um, but you know when it comes down to the actual stage design and the range functions, you know it's something that we don't really look into. Yeah, and I think it's really something shooters should know more about. Mm-hmm. Um, because they could very well be losing out on on a stage just because of poor equipment, because of uh, poor range equipment, and because yeah. they don't know the rules. 
right? So this is definitely something that shooters need to be more aware of. Yep. And a lot of people I don't see, you know, ha necessarily have that. Yeah. And again, because it's, you know, most people when they look at the rule book, they're looking at Appendix D4 for all the production rules. <laughs> the people only like, care about equ equipment and yeah. for the most part, unless you're an RO, and then you, that's when you start to care about the other stuff, yeah. right? Or unless you start running a match or designing stages and yeah. stuff like that. And like Section 1.2 and 2.2, and I guess all of Section 2, you know, it's kind of obscure in the rule book, but it's something that you should definitely check out. Um, you know, just to also get a better idea of, you know, what your club is running. And if they're a sanctioned USPSA match, you want to make sure, you know, that what they're running is actually legal by the laws Ooh, I of have USPSA. Some, I have, uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, moving on from that, though, uh, one thing that we do want to talk about when it comes to stage design, and I guess just match design overall... Something yeah. that Keanu and I have found that really enjoyable is the Ipsic three two one format. Yeah. So I don't think we we've shot we haven't shot a match that's done this. Not a true consistent three two one format. No, we have not. Yeah. Um, but so for those of you who don't know, Ipsic three two one is a it's three short courses, two medium courses, and one long course, and so it's it's nice because. A, I think having more short courses than field courses, I know in, in USPSA we like having a bunch of high hit factor 32 round field courses. I, I'm eh on that. Yeah, and but you know, this one but, thing that one thing that I started doing recently though is um, I've been following a lot more Ipsic shooters on Instagram. Um, and I think the first guy that I started shooting, um, his name is I think Sasha. He's he's based out of Belgrade and his you know Instagram handle is Ipsic underscore Sasha spelled S-A-S-A. Um, but when you look at their short courses, you know, it's like 10 rounds, but they're it's dynamic. They're running from one side of the bay all the way down, you know, pretty much the last target is presented at the, you know, very front of the bay. And that's something that we don't see for short courses usually because in USPSA, when we think short course, we think standards. You know, you're thinking standards or speed shoots. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, we're thinking, you know, three targets, two shots on each with a reload, and then, you know, two shots. Yeah, it's like Virginia Count and crap like that. Or yeah. like a speed shoot. Like a lot of majors have, have speed shoots. With, um, you know, from a single position, you shoot, it's like, it'll be eight rounds, and it'll be like a steel couple activators, but it's all from a single position, which I think is all well and good, but when, you know, when every major does it, and they do it maybe, you know, a couple times, it gets kind of lame. Yeah, um, and, you know, I think the, the one that stands out to me the most is I saw a lot of videos from the 2018 Ipsic Nationals match. I think it was a 12-round course of fire, but it utilized two shooting bays where you start all the way up at the front of one bay and then you're essentially shooting a couple targets backing out and then running all the way to the other bay to engage the rest of the targets. You know, that's something that we don't see in short courses for USPSA. I don't know if it's just because of, you know, the the restrictions on how much, you know, how many range bays there are for that match director. But usually, you know, when people think short courses, they kind of groan and go, oh, you know, it's a standards course where... Yeah, I don't think people really don't... People don't fully grasp the concept of a good short course. Yeah. Because like you said, when you say the word short course, people always think of crap like speed shoots and standards um, or like classifier type yeah. stuff, right? And like I said, those are all well and good. But I think in a in a good match environment, you can have those, but you should also have good short courses so i'm talking about like you know high hit factor stages stages that can be as quick as you know eight to ten seconds but they're really heavy on movement very athletic stages yeah um you know a few steel pieces you know stages that can punish people for being slow on their feet mm -hmm. and being slow to shoot on the move um and you know slow at being like you know 
bad at being aggressive, basically. Yeah, and you know, I think we talked about this with one of our friends um, who runs the match out at. Uh, I guess he doesn't run it, but he helps a lot with Dothan um, out in Alabama. Yeah, and we've. I think you and I, like like our group of friends, have done a lot of input for his stage design too. Yeah, uh-huh. and so, you know, because I think their matches, you know, mainly hosers. Yeah, it's all um, open targets. And, you know, it, it's just one of those things that you fall into. It's easier to set up. And, you know, like like we mentioned earlier before, when you talk about short courses, people think, oh, you know, okay, it's one shooting box. But, you know, especially when you have a facility as nice as Dothan, like you can do a lot with short courses, you know, 12 Any rounds. nice facility, dude, like any any decently 25-yard by 25-yard outdoor bay yeah. is going to be awesome for designing. A, like, like a three-burn bay is going to be great for designing yeah. a short course. And, you know, I've been trying to do that a lot more at Machine Gun Nest. I've been trying to incorporate a lot of movement, a lot of um, aggression in a short course. So, you know, we're talking a 10-second stage um, or less. Mm-hmm. So we're talking pretty so you know pretty high hit factors with a max of 12 rounds. So that's a max of a 6-hit factor. Yeah. At, you know, 10 rounds. And 10 rounds for me would be ideally kind of, kind of slow. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, it, you have to be able to hit the gas and let off it in a good short course, I think. Yeah, right, because, you know, the one thing about longer, longer, I guess, not necessarily longer, but higher point stages is more forgiving when you make mistakes during that stage because the point value is so high. And and the time is longer, too. Yeah. Well, right, so a second in a short course goes a long way compared to a second in a long course. It does, yeah. And, you know, I, I played golf in high school, and one of the things, right, is that, well, of course you, know, you did. Part, you know, what they say is part threes are way more punishing than part fives are because it just gives you more opportunities to correct your mistakes. And that's very much what long courses are, you know, with 32 hits, it's a ton of points. And depending on the stage, right, it could even be, you know, a 15 second, 32 round course of fire. Yeah. Where the hit factor is huge. And, you know, you could throw a mic, but still have a very good and competitive hit factor just because of the way the course is designed. Yeah. And so, or you can throw, or you can, you know, miss a reload or something like that. And you'll still be pretty good. Yeah, and so in you terms know, of scoring. And I think you know, talking about short courses, that that's what makes it fun, is because it's punishing for every little mistake that you make. Um, either because it's going to be a long field course that has only twelve rounds, or it's just a low point, high hit factor stage. And I think that's another thing you know we touched on with Chris Tilly is that short courses doesn't mean low hit factor, which is what a lot. No, of I like short do. courses with high hit factors. Yeah, I think short courses with high hit factors, you know, in the five plus. Those are good stages. And again, because it um, punishes you too. Every mistake exactly. you make is... Yeah. A, a low hit factor short course isn't... So low hit factors generally would generally correlate to a more technical stage. Mm-hmm. A stage where you have to focus on accuracy. It's, it's a lot less about speed, right? Yeah. I think short courses should have a couple targets that ha- that, that really that force you to, to understand what you're doing with a gun. Uh-huh. And, and like your positioning. But I think the rest of the short course should be very, very, you know, should be a really athletic stage. Plenty of movement, very fast shooting in some cases. Um, but also, like, you want to make sure you have, there's no room for error, basically. Yeah. You know, you drop you drop a mic, you drop a no-shoot, you you overstep your position even. It's going to hurt you. Yeah, and, you know, like we said, you know, one second will cost you quite a bit of points in a, mm-hmm. you know, in a high factor, or a high hit factor short course. Especially if you're competing with people of the same skill. Yeah, you're, yeah. it's it's going to be costly as yep. opposed to a long course. And then, you know, if you think about throwing a no-shoot, right, that's what, uh, five points plus a 10, was it, 10 points total penalty on a no-shoot? Well, yeah, so it's, 
it's really 15 points because you're, you're missing out of the alpha, yeah, right? Uh -huh. But it's also minus 10 on the points. Yeah, so if you think about it, that's what, 25% of the points just right there? Yep, exactly. Uh, for a short course? Yep. And, you know, this is where you'll see a lot of people, you know, we'll talk about this later as well, but, you know, this is where it comes down to throttle control. If you have a no-shoot in a short course, you just can't afford to drop the points. And that's what makes it really fun, especially as a high-cap shooter, because, you know, you might have a couple of open targets and you're blasting or you're like, I want to crush the stage. And then you kind of are overconfident running into that one danger target. And then you blast that no-shoot and you're, you've kind of screwed your stage. Yeah, I think you're, I think we'll see this a lot more with with high cap major major power factor shooters as opposed uh -huh. to minor only low cap shooters yeah. in production since you have the ability to 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 go fast right you're yeah. gonna see more mess ups as opposed to people who are shooting production uh -huh. like i found i make a lot less mistakes when i'm shooting production because just because i understand the points and i understand you know the gun handling and all that stuff it's yeah. a lot different from what i can get away with in limited and you're more cautious too right I yeah mean, it's it's part of, and I think that's also what makes production very fun for us. Yeah. Is that you have to be aggressive to be competitive, but you also have to be cautious because you it's know, a big change in pace. <laughs> and, right? you know, it, it can easily turn into a train wreck trying to, you know, do the things that we do shooting major power factor. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, we touched on that a little bit on our other podcast. But, you know, moving into, uh, you know, aside from the IPSC format, you know, we kind of touched upon throttle control. So, you know, what do we look for in a good stage, whether we've designed it or not? Yeah. Um, and for me, it, at least at this point in time, I really enjoy the throttle control stages because for me, that means that I need to be more disciplined with my side picture and my trigger prep. Yeah. Um, I talked about this before. It's something that I've been neglecting these days, but that's also what makes it fun. Like you're blasting open targets and then you're sprinting to one position and doing a lot of shuffle steps, getting the gun up, you know, to hit an open target uh, or not, or sorry, not an open target, but you know, a danger target that's wide in the open. Yep. Um, and you're just tempted to throw a ton of rounds at it really fast, but you can't. Um, and I, I've been punished for it a lot, but that's one thing that I really like about stages these days. Yeah, and I've been trying to incorporate that. Like I, I know I've gotten a lot of compliments on the stages on the stages I've done lately on that because there's the stages themselves aren't that hard. Mm -hmm. The shooting itself isn't difficult. It's all the intermittent stuff that becomes really hard with um, with throttle control because like I've started setting up. I've, just, I've been using a lot more open targets lately, uh -huh. but I've also been using a lot of no shoots and a lot of harder presentations, um, or or I make you just do like a one step shuffle, or I make it so you you know you you take one step or you step too long, like you step a foot over a certain position and you totally miss a target. Yeah. Right. So I I think throttle control is a really big is a really really big player in good stage design, uh -huh. and you know I'll agree with you there. And I, I think the, the fun thing about throttle control, too, is that it can be done in many different ways. It doesn't necessarily just have to be, you know, movement-based. It, it can be an open target and a piece of steel. Yeah. Because a lot of people go from an open target to steel, and they go from a target, like, you know, a target focus blasting, mm -hmm. you know, pretty much point the gun and smash the trigger twice, and then they try and, show, they try and shoot that steel with the same amount of, or the, or the lack of the same lack of discipline that they would uh -huh. a piece of paper and it's not going to work and you know we talked about how punishing misses on steel is right yep, we've talked about that before yeah every miss on steel you're doubling your time pretty much yeah um and so you know i think that's the really fun part about it is because you can have a lot of deceptive danger targets or a lot of deceptive throttle control opportunities within a stage mm -hmm. um, whether they're intentional or not i think that's what makes it really great because like kana said you just throw in one piece of steel and like even in between an array of targets of open targets you're gonna mess someone up 
Yeah, and then you know we all, I think a lot of people have been practicing distance changeups. I know that was a huge fad earlier this year to practice the distance changeup. You know, one target three yards away, target twenty yards away, another one you know seven to five yards away yeah. or something. Um, even throwing in something like that where you've got you know let's say an open target to an open target at twenty yards and then a tuxedo. You know that that can really drive somebody to lose discipline, lose their sight picture. And then all of a sudden they're dropping points because, you know, they just don't have that control of, you know, how fast they've got to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I, th- I think also in stages, like, I said, like we said with throttle control, you really want to blend how much variation there is in a single stage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I won't like it when I go up to a stage and I see a bunch of open targets or, like, like, or a bunch of hard targets, right? Even if it's a lot of... Even if it's a challenging stage, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good stage. Just because, in my opinion, a good stage is going to have options in terms of, like we said, throttle control. I think this this is really, like, I think a lot of it comes from that very basic idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, stages where I want to have a stage where I blast a target up close and then, you know, and then transition to a 25-yard target. And then the next position, I'm, you know, shooting a target against the ground from three yards away or something like that on the move, right? So you want to have that level of variation in, in a stage and that, like, a dynamic, like, a dynamic stage, basically. Yeah, and, you know? you, you know, if you think about it, you know, you could have a very difficult, let's say you're shooting all tuxedos or you've got, you know, a mix of tuxedos. Yeah, see, those are dumb. No shoots. You know, in an array of three, right? Three of them at, you know, five yards, three of them at ten yards in another port or another position. And you almost build that cadence where it's like pop, 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 pop. You know, that, that kind of stuff isn't fun either. Um, and like, you know, it's, it's almost become... It's repetitive and boring. Yeah, and you know, yeah, I guess the repetitiveness, but you know, just like the, having the same kind of tempo or pace throughout the, mm-hmm. this, you know, one particular stage. Like you said, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily repetitive, but you know, if it's the same tempo, then you're... Well, the, the shooting itself, you know, right? Like the... Uh-huh. Your splits, your transitions, they're going to become really similar. That's why I mean yeah. that repetitive. Uh-huh. Yeah, and like you know, it's you know, sight control, trigger prep with the you know fast enough transition, but so that you don't get punished. It's boring crap. Yeah. Um, again, very you know, it could be very difficult. It could build really good skills, but when it comes to the actual shooting yeah. portion, it may not be as fun. Yeah. And you know, talking about the dynamic portions as well, you know, as, especially as a high cap shooter, um, especially shooting open, pretty much I only have to reload on long field courses, or you know, courses with courses of fire with steel in it. Um, one thing I really like about shooting production, though, is that it forces you to reload, and that's another portion of throttle control that you also have to take into account when designing a stage. Um, when you're throwing a reload, you know the reacquiring grip and then reacquiring a sight picture after reloading. That's its own form of throttle control as well. Um, and so, you know, if you're designing courses for one particular division or you're not giving opportunities to stage plan in a particular way. It could also make stages somewhat less entertaining or less interesting. Yeah. Um, but also, building on the whole harder stage thing, technical stages, while they're not necessarily bad, right? But you also you still want to have a level of, of, um, of target dynamic in a, in a more technical stage just because... Um, you know, just because shooters should be challenging a stage. Yeah, and you know, can you talk on technical stages a little more? Because I, I have a, I personally have a rough idea as to what technical stages are. But right, you know, you hear well, a lot so of people like a technical talk about stage. It. So do you, the stage you DQ'd on, 
in South Carolina, <laughs> uh-huh. right? That long field course where it was a lot of um, the t- no no target was closer than like 15 yards, mm-hmm. and there was a target. There was like a there was a target with a no shoot out there. Yeah, you uh-huh. know at what was it 25 yards or something like that. Yeah, that was the one with two no shoots. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So. You know, stages like that, like that wasn't necessarily a hard stage. It mm-hmm. was just a very like a technical stage to me is where it becomes very fundamental. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but you still have the levels of movement, and you still have a few close targets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it becomes entirely about how well you shoot as a marksman. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and how and how efficiently you can execute a stage and cleanly. Mm-hmm. So I think those stages tend to be lower hit factor. Yeah. You know, in threes and below, even. So, you know, for USPSA, that's a pretty low hit factor. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't... It's it's hard for me to come up with immediate examples that you, that you would know mm-hmm. off the top of my head. I think Sir Walter down in North Carolina, they'll do a few tech, more technical stages. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like longer targets. It doesn't necessarily have to, be, have to be long, but it really tests your skills in terms of actual shooting. So the stages I'm really bad at. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. The, yeah. the stages that Chris slaps the trigger on and then he just gets mics and no shoots. Yeah, so actually then that, I guess, you know, Chris Tilly's stage, the last one. Tilly's match is a pretty technical match uh-huh. as far as a USPSA match goes, yeah. And like, I think, you know, that, that last stage we shot, you know, on the, uh, I guess it's like the sand the Sandier Bay. Yeah, the one down by the field. Yeah, um, you know, that, that was a... How many rounds is that? I guess it was so a it was, long the, it was a thirty-two. Course. It was a thirty-two round stage. Yeah, you know, it was a lot of running, but essentially, yeah, they he had targets out to like what thirty yards, 20, 25 yards. You maybe? you drew on a thirty-five yard popper. Yeah, I think, and so, oh, so that makes a lot of sense then. You know why that would be considered a technical stage? Because mm-hmm. um, I guess you know, well, that's one thing that I've been working on this year has been my fundamentals, reloads, trigger control, yeah, you know, long range shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I guess, yeah, that makes sense, you know, right? Just because it's hard, you know, a technical stage is hard, but it also, I guess, pushes you in a way where you that, may not be pushed in just a regular field course. Yeah, it, it pushes you in a way that you won't be pushed in other stages. Uh-huh. Um, and this is just my opinion. I think technical stages should remain in the medium to long course. Mm-hmm. I don't think short, I don't think really, really hard short courses are fun. Yeah, because it's brutal. Because <laughs> well, so the issue is, it takes uh-huh. it will take almost as long as a medium course. Yeah, and it'll, but it'll be, you know, twice as hard. And sure, the resetting is fast, but in terms of the actual shooting, it's awful. Yeah, I you know, now the, it might actually be really fun to have a super technical short stage. Okay, you can no. go find someone else to do that. No. that I would I won't do that. It'll, hear me out. In the middle, like at the midsection of a major match. Oh, so like it will like yeah. it could absolutely break your you know your mental stability, your focus, and like you could just really screw you up for the rest of the day. Um, you know, I actually like that idea now. Yeah, and like it. it Too bad be, I'm not designing any majors. Yeah, and like <laughs> can you imagine, right? You're shooting. Let's say you're doing a one day format of like eleven or twelve stages. Yeah, and stage six is just this absolute hate stage, jerk of a twelve round stage. You know, that's super technical. And you know it could either make or break your match, and I think that'd be really cool to see. But that also makes it hard with the or hard with the way that matches are run, right? Because you could start on that course. Well, I also think it's hard to make or break on a on a short course too, because they're only sixty points. True, but so you, know, you lose a lot more per stage cumulatively on a. You can lose a lot on on multiple short courses, right? But if it's just one, 
you're really not losing that much. A lot of people, especially if, if it's hard for, like, let's say you're an M-Class or GM shooter, if it's hard for you, it's going to be hard for pretty much the rest of your competition. Yeah. Outside of a few outliers. But but I, I think what would make it fun is the psychological effect. You know, if you're if you're rational logic about it, you're like, you know what, it's a short course, not a big deal. But, you know, I could see some people really just, like, melting down. Oh, know? I can too. And I like the idea, but I, I think having one technical long course would be followed followed and uh and uh what was it followed and preceded by two really fast short courses could be uh, like mentally excruciating too yeah and like i really want to see a match where it really pushes the band of like you know highs and lows where Mm -hmm. where it could really just like compound some really negative thought process and just i think that'd be really fun to see yeah. You know, well, I'm talking to one of our one of the local match directors. I'm going to try and design an outdoor match in the three, two, one format, uh-huh. and let's see uh, if I get the go ahead. I'll I'll try and do that. Yeah, and like you know, it, I think that also may give you an advantage or disadvantage based on what stage you start at. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But at the same time, right? It, you know, it could be even worse starting on a stage or a, a set of stages like that because then it might just ruin your mental game for the rest of the day. Yeah, it um, could. Uh huh. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I want to I want to try this out now, really badly. Yeah. <laughs> Just to see how much I can mess with people. And you know, I I think three two one would be fun because right another thing that I heard about Ipsic Nationals is that it's it runs very smoothly. The flow, of Ipsic, like that's that's really the biggest thing. When you're at a, it's the flow because if uh-huh. you're at a local match and then you know it's a bunch of thirty two round field courses, then you have a classifier and then a medium course. Everyone's gonna stack against the short, against the long course that's right after the medium course yeah. and the uh-huh. and the classifier, right? So, I I think a medium course, or I'm sorry, not, not a medium course, a, a three two one format would help a lot with a match flow. Yeah, and you know it doesn't have to be three short courses consecutively. You space it out, right? Mm-hmm. So, if if you design the stage in such a way where you know you'll have maybe two short courses and then the long course. But then the short course in between the two, it won't have a squad there starting. So you'll always yeah. have a squad staggered from the people who start on the long course, and that helps a lot with a backup. Yeah. Or you do a short course with a speed shoot on the same bay. So yeah. that's also an option. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. Uh, South Carolina, they didn't have that much structure, right, for the, the sh- I guess, the type of courses of fire they're doing. Because that was a well-run match, so I'm wondering, you know. They were almost just... all 32-round field courses. Uh-huh. It, was, it ran well because everyone was pasted uh, because all the staff, staff pasted yep. and everything was getting reset because that's what the staff were doing yeah but so, yeah so i guess you know i the three two one format could run almost as smoothly as a fully staff run major i think so uh, i think the potential is there because especially if you have more short courses than long courses you don't need as many people to reset it'll yeah. reset faster and that's really where most of the time comes from in in cycling a stage yeah what is, what is it called the united states pacing, pacing and scoring association yeah yeah because um, you know if you think about it you know a lot of matches were shooting what 150 seconds for a match and we're out there for six hours <laughs> yeah yeah so, and then we spend you know how many hours scoring really yeah. or pacing and scoring yep. so that's that's another consideration into why i think the ipsic format might be better than the common than, than the lack of a format in USPSA. Yeah. And you know, I think I think this speaks not necessarily just to the three two one format, but just even when it comes to designing your matches, thinking about how the stages should flow and, you know, trying to prevent backlog at a particular stage. Yeah. Or, you know, a bottleneck. Yeah, I know and you know, I just came from a local match on Sunday where I sat for almost two hours waiting for two squads to shoot the mm-hmm. stage. 
Um, and it wasn't because of the stage itself. It was because one squad started on every bay, and it was two short courses before that stage. Oh, yeah. So, you know, a backup's going to happen. And at this club, it's the it's it happens every month. Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I don't know. Like, that alone makes the match really hard for me to enjoy to shoot. Yeah, especially during the summertime where it's hot. And there's no shade um, at this bit range either. Yeah. So I brought my... Like, I was driving my car around just sitting in the air conditioning. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that that's another consideration for shooters as well, right? Is, you know... If the match isn't flowing very well, then you've got people waiting you yeah. know, close to an hour to shoot. And, you know, I guess you could say it's equitable because everyone has to wait. But it's but, it's crappy. It sucks. Yeah, and then, you know, you're... So why would you make something deliberately unenjoyable? Yeah, all, all the warm-up that, you know, I guess you know, I don't want to call it warm-up, but, you know, it's, you know, all your muscles activating to shoot, and then all of a sudden you have to stop. Your head's no longer in it after that, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, so it's... You know, match design, I feel like we take a lot of it for granted, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't really start getting it until I started helping out at the Nest just on setup. Um, yeah. But, you know, for most of us, we're not volunteering to set up on Saturday, early Saturdays, you yeah. know, for either a Saturday match or a Sunday match. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, a lot of people will complain about how, you know, stages are set up. But, you know, I think just learning the, you know, the basic, basic guidelines on how stages need to be set up and the type of stages there are. You know, we'll make the sport more enjoyable in the long run. Yeah, or, you know, in, in a day's run. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're all there by our own volition uh -huh. at a match, but in the end, we still want to finish it. Yep. And yep. the longer I'm prevented from finishing it, the crankier I'm going to be. Uh -huh. So that's, like, you know, that, that that's the way it is, and it's it sucks if it sucks, but I'd rather it not suck. Yep. And, you know, longer matches means more Pedialyte after a long day of standing on the hot sun. No, it means more alcohol. <laughs> after the Pedialyte, because that would... And then more Pedialyte after all that alcohol. Yes, and hopefully a, a good Sunday afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right, guys, I think we're... we're that, I guess we're on time. You know, we're trying kind to keep it under 40 minutes. Um, but, you know, everyone, thanks for tuning in. And, you know, this has been our thoughts on stage design and, uh, you know, what we think is characteristic of a good stage yeah or a good match and good flow and all that stuff so thank you all for tuning in i'm keanu and this is chris and this has been the csrg podcast shoot well see you on the range <laughs>